Welcome back. This week's Parsha is Parsha Kitisa, and we are going through Rabbi Sachs' book, Studying Spirituality, and the title of this week's essay is The Closeness of God. This Parsha has the infamous episode of the Golden Calf, and just to set the stage of how this occurred, while the people are forming a Golden Calf because they miscounted the number of days Moses would be on the mountain, and they're, they're fearful that he's not going to return. Meanwhile, Moses is up in the mountain, and God makes him aware of what's going on down in the valley with the people, that the golden calf is being formed, and they're uh, essentially abandoning their faith in God. So uh, God says to Moses, and this is chapter 32, verse 7, Go down, because your people, whom you brought up out of Egypt, have become corrupt. So what uh, the suggestion here is that Moses' absence, or his distance, from the people are leading them to be uh, corrupt. Now, I, sh- I do want to bring out um, a lesson here from uh, Rabbi Ab- Abraham Isaac HaKohen Cook, who also comments on this verse. And while while the Rabbi Sachs talks about this as suggesting that somehow Moses is guilty because he left his people, and, and God is actually telling him, you need to be close to them and uh, go down off this mountain, and Moses does. He goes down off the mountain. He listens to God. He punishes the evildoers. He resets order. He prays for forgiveness. Um, but anyway, Rabbi Cook has a, a different take on this, that um, it would seem unfair to Moses that uh, he's kicked off the mountain. It's the people that are sitting, not him. But in order for a leader to succeed, he has to be appreciated and valued by his followers. And that elevates the leader. It gives the leader moral authority and the ability to lead his people. So at Mount Sinai, the Jewish people were, were in a lofty spiritual level. And in the merit of that spirituality, Moses was able to achieve supreme prophecy at the top of the mountain. But once they sinned, uh, Moses as a representative was no longer worthy. So a leader is only as, as significant as the, the kind of people he's leading. And once the people have degraded their holiness, then Moses is no longer a suitable leader who can converse with God. And it would, at that point, it's necessary for Moses to step down and lower himself and try to reset the situation if he's going to uh, continue to serve as a guide and leader. And if he's going to interact with God, he obviously has to bring the people up to a higher spiritual level. And this is talked about in the Gemara in Tractate Barachas, uh, uh, page 32a, where it says, What does it mean, go down? God told Moses, Go down from your greatness. I only gave you preeminence for the sake of the Jewish people. Now they have sinned. Why should you be elevated? Immediately Moses' spiritual strength left him. So I want to show, that's, that's an interesting take. But going back to, to what uh, Rabbi Sachs talks about, um, he's suggesting that God's telling Moses that the people need him. But what, what, what I find very interesting with this essay is then Rabbi Sachs turns it around and based on Moses' actions, Moses is actually going back to God and saying, no, 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 no. The people don't need me they actually, to be close. They actually need you, God. Need God, you, God, to be close. Now, how was, how was God being... Um, when, when, when he goes down, when Moses comes back, and after God says, I will not be in your midst, in the midst of the people anymore, the people were distressed and they're in mourning. 
This is chapter 33, verse 3 and 4. So what does Moses do? You would think he'd rally the troops and, and provide solace. Well, he leaves the people. He leaves the camp and puts his, he sets up camp, his tent outside the camp. And you would think at a time of distress, that's not how a leader should act. But Moses uh, is, 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 well, at the interpretation from Rabbi Sachs is that what, what the people need is not most, Moses to be close. They need God to be close. And if you look at how they've experienced God up to this moment, they've exp- experienced him as an, awe, awe, an awesome, almost terrifying power uh, who, who um, broke through all the rules of nature to bring plagues upon the Egyptians and to bring them out with a mighty hand and to split the sea. And a, a towering voice at Mount Sinai when they read the, the, the shared the commandments, they could only handle uh, two commandments before, they had, before God had to stop speaking because it was too much for the people to take. So what, what the argument is, is that is there another way that the people can be close to God and understand God. And there's a, Moses' argument is that the people needed to experience not the greatness of God, but the closest of God, not the thunder and lightning at the top of the mountain, but the perpetual presence, what we call as the Shekhinah, the presence of God in their midst. And God actually responds as he converses with Moses about there about this, where Moses is having a discussion with God about this, and in in God says, You cannot understand my ways. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, I will show mercy to whom I will show mercy. This is chapter thirty three, verse nineteen. Then he goes on in the next verse and says Thirty-three twenty. You cannot see my face, for no one can see me and live. So, and finally he says, however, you can see my glory. So what does it mean by glory? Well, where is the glory mentioned? And if you look in chapter 40, and this is why there's a question of why is this golden calf episode mixed up in the middle of discussions about the Mishkan. And... In chapter 40, verse 34 and 35, it says the following, Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the Mishkan. Moses could not enter the tent of meeting, because the cloud had settled on it, and the glory of the Lord filled the Mishkan. So, what's going on here is Moses is pleading with God to come close to the people so that they would encounter him. Not only as a, as a towering force, but as a presence. And God... And that's why God commanded Moses to instruct the people to build a Mishkan. So he says in, in chapter 25, let them make me a sanctuary and I will dwell among them. The, so the entire institution of the Mishkan is a divine response to the sin of the golden calf, according to this interpretation. And it's acceptance of, of Moses' plea to come close to the people. We, we can't see God's face we can't understand God's ways, but we can encounter God's glory whenever we build a home for him, in the, a, a presence where he can dwell here on earth. And what's, what's unique about Judaism is the contradiction, which is that before the Jewish religion, there was, really, there was no other concept of an abstract and awe-inspiring God that's everywhere, omnipotent and omnipresent. God's as distant as a 
as the farthest star and more eternal than time itself. But at the same time, no religion brings God so close. Uh, in Throughout the books of the Tanakh, you have the prophets arguing with God. You have King David speaking intimately in Psalms to God. Um, you see this with um, you know, the, the book of, uh, of Jonah um, going back and forth with God. So there's, if you look in, in the Talmud, there's debates between the sages and them accepting certain rulings, even when it goes against a heavenly voice. Uh, because, again, the Torah, now it's been given the, to, the, to the Jewish people. It belongs here on earth, and it's for the Jews to, to interpret halacha based on the, the, the principles that God has uh, espoused. So, and then going on to, um, you know, Song of Songs, it, the, the relationship with God is, is an allegory bet- between a husband and wife. And, and if we look at God, we look at God ultimately as the parent uh, and child relationship. So, so we're seeing both the awness and over, uh, overpowering perception of God and the intimacy associated with God. And if you look at, um, just the evolution of synagogues versus cathedrals. Uh, if you go into a middle-aged cathedral in, in Europe, it's this overpowering space, a sense where you get a sense of vastness of the religious experience and the smallness and insignificance of humankind. And if you look at the synagogues, um, the synagogues are um, intimate, confined places where... You can feel a, a closeness. You can feel a presence, a shechina of God, and again, this is I think um, this is a distinctive uh, paradox about Jewish spirituality, which is no religions ever held God higher, and none's ever felt Him closer, and that's what Moses sought and achieved throughout his conversation, chapter thirty-three. With God, an effort to to bring God from the heavens into a presence here on earth, an intimate presence where the people can really feel Him. Uh, and again, this is a difficult concept because um, it, it's it's heresy for us to give a anthropomorphic image of God. And uh, there's if there's if we say God's here. And he's not there. That doesn't. That goes against the idea of a omnipresent a power, which is everywhere. But I think it brings out the point that there's a relationship here between the golden calf and the Mishkan, and that's why it's placed. That's one of the arguments why it's placed where it is. That the 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 golden calf was built because the Jewish people didn't feel a presence. They didn't have an intimate relationship with God. They they're they're ambassador to God, Moses, who's the only one who could handle interacting with God, was not in their midst, and they felt alone, and they deviated from the path. And then a Mishkan's developed, and the Mishkan is is that opportunity for them to bring closeness to to God and, 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 and bridge that major divide. And um, there's a, a principle which God brings the... Uh, the healing before the plague, so he brings the um, the refu, the healing, and you know here obviously the instruction of building the mishkan, that that 
that solution to this issue is presented before the uh, discussion of the golden calf is mentioned in the in the Torah. So anyway, hopefully that wasn't too confusing, but thoughts to think about. Take care.